Bill Murray, you're a zombie. You're talking. What are you? You're okay. The hell I am. I'm sorry. I didn't know that it was that it was you. You. Are you? What's with the the get up? Oh, I do it to blend in. You know. You know, zombies don't mess with other zombies. Buddy of mine, makeup guy, showed me how to do this. Cornstarch. You know, some berries, a little licorice for the ladies. It suits my lifestyle. You know, I like to get out and do stuff. Just played nine holes at Riviera. Just walked on. Nobody there. That'll do, pig. What it's it. And they're and they're they're being taught that it's important to have views, and they're not being taught that it's important to know what you're talking about. How dare you! You have stolen my dreams and my childhood. But this virus remains extremely dangerous. Here it germs. Why these fucking pussies? This is apostasy now. To get people actually to love their servitude. This is the ultimate in malevolent revolution. Get ready to root for the bad guys. This is a world now being run by teenagers. Does nobody know anything? Welcome back to Apostasy Now. This episode's actually a recording from mid-July. Normally, we're not going to be this late with them. With this, this is really late. And as Mr. Dragonbeard, the editor here, I apologize. I moved and a bunch of other, you know, adventures in my life. But they will be up sooner from now on. This is a talk with me and Smashlock. Our next recording is going to be with Justin Vakula, a returning guest, who now represents a group called Atheist for Liberty in the media, which I think is amazing. Their website, if you want to look them up before the episode, is atheistforliberty.org. And that'll be up a lot sooner. Now, here's our talk. All right. Welcome back to Apostasy Now. <laughs> Jesus. We're doing another episode. It's uh, it's the staycation episode. Staycation. Oh, yeah. A week off work. Uh, well, I got another two days left, but whatever. This <laughs> yeah. is the time I got. So, of course what do we have to, to talk about today? Tons of housework that you've, you've blocked in for yourself, so it's... Uh, Personal work. Oh, yeah. Like uh, renovating the house. It's funny trying to work around a family of five. Smashlock is the hard worker. And I, Mr. Dragonbeard, I drive trucks for a living. And do all the audio editing. And all that's and, true. And yeah. the video clips and everything that goes, you know, all the hard work for the Makes my back tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, fuck. Let's see. COVID's still a thing. Supposedly, yeah. Supposedly, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I, I have some educated friends that disagree with me about this. However, since it's uh, nakedly obvious at this point that this is not a plague, I generally don't take any of that stuff seriously. No. Except for the threats of China pumping out a quick and hasty uh, vaccine, which has not been properly tested and injecting it into millions of Canadians. Uh, yeah. Well, what was it? There's a There's a Chinese pharmaceutical company that is the only uh company because apparently no canadian universities or companies could develop a vaccine so they're the only one approved by health canada for human trials and they accomplished this i think by skipping all of the animal testing because this is a good idea to rush a vaccine they didn't skip the animal testing we are the animal testing, testing. <laughs> <laughs> after all they're the chinese we're the canadians they're giving they're giving it to us so that then they know it's safe for their people <laughs> Yeah, because they're worried about the safety of their people. Well, I mean, you can't have half of them drop dead. 
Yeah. <laughs> 10% or so. If that, that's what happens over here, then they know it's safe. Right. <laughs> uh, the the worst part is is that uh, the, the Canadian government has already pre-ordered 37 million syringes. Yeah. Uh, so I was talking to people about this because so far right now, you have a choice as to whether or not you get a vaccine. And if I have to reiterate this again, I will say it loud and clear. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I love it when people accuse me of being an anti-vaxxer. Right. All right. But I'm not. Vaccines work. Yeah. All right. Full stop. That said, <laughs> I'm not, I think, what was it? Was it the polio vaccine that was, was one of the quickest vaccines ever made? And that one took about four years. Yeah. Um, most of them take like upwards of six to 10 years to, to make and go through all the testing and all of the, the, the red tape and, and to make sure that they're safe for, for human use. And we're just pissing that all away. Well, my buddy who, by the way, is like I say, he's, he's educated he's a person that's educated, good guy. Yeah. Uh, and though I don't know him in the real world, I know him online. He believes in he like not forcing people to wear masks and stuff like that, but he believes personally that you should wear a mask. He's going to. Uh, out of his own free will, this sort of thing. So he's cautious. He takes it quite seriously. You know, so even for, for him, he talks about how in our discussion, the Chinese rushed out a vaccine for SARS, the original SARS, and how they tested it on their own people. And it ended up, <laughs> at first, they, they got the reaction, I guess, they were looking for. And then the side effects of it ended up like killing tons of people that have been using the vaccination. <laughs> yeah. What do they, what do they call it? Now, again, I'm not, I'm not in any stretch of the imagination a doctor medical professional, anything like that, pharmacist, but I can- Not read. even on TV? <laughs> not, even, not even on TV, no. But I can read, and one of the things I saw was something called vaccine enhancement, and uh, if I understand it correctly, and anyone's welcome to correct me, that is essentially, it basically causes the, the, the virus to be more vicious in your body. Well, because the way he was explaining this to me was, well, to, to our group that we were in, is he was telling me that essentially it's called novel because a lot of people don't seem to realize this because you're basically having it introduced to your system and your body is reacting to it. So it's unusual for your, your body. It's like, oh, this is the first time I've met this thing in our body. So it can overreact your immune system in different ways. Mm. And that's where these crazy symptoms come from that can kill you and cause permanent damage, all kinds of stuff, ventilators. Yeah. Um, whereas something it's used to, like the seasonal flu or cold, it's more easily able to adapt to the different uh, strains of it. Okay. I, that, don't quote me on that, but that's generally what he's getting at. And so and now if you create a vaccine, it's going to contain part of the illness. And depending on how you do it, you can cause people that you're giving this to by the millions or whatever to have, if not immediately, then down the road, some type of extreme immuno reaction and other types of side effects like that, where your body just suddenly goes in overdrive like wow okay so what do they call that the, the storm <laughs> storming or something like that I, brain, I don't know brainstorming i don't know <laughs> but it was, i was trying to explain to a couple of friends and family members and i'm like look you do not pre-order 37 million syringes there's no vaccine in these syringes yet but they're just they're just the delivery medium right yep you don't order enough for every man woman and child in the country if you're intending on giving them a choice all right. Dang. Now, now the counter to that has been, well, they're just being prepared. They're just making sure that they have all of their ducks in a row so that there's enough syringes so that at least everyone gets a dose. And I'm like, okay, sure, that's possible. But considering all of the evidence, and I mean the social evidence, right? We have uh, mandatory masks in Ottawa. 
in Toronto and other municipalities and in other provinces and territories. You have these draconian measures that have been put in place a number of different places, usually larger population centers or the surrounding like suburbs and, and counties. I have no faith <laughs> that our government is going to give us a choice, which means right. if you want a choice, you're going to have to make it yourself. Right. So here's the trade-off. We all want to be safe from illness. Hey, let's just say that this was somehow rational, which it is not. But this is the motive. People want to be safe from illness. So they strip away their rights and give them to the government in this notion. And then we hit that stage eventually of hundreds of millions dead. I mean, let's just rinse and repeat. These are the steps. Oh, the government will take care of us. Let's have them, let's give them all the power, you know, because they talk about how they care about us. And then suddenly shit tons of people are dying. Yeah. It's always the same thing. Yeah. And, 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 and here's the thing, you know, because I've, I've tried to have this conversation with people and, and this mantle of being called a conspiracy theorist. Sure. Whatever. I yeah. accept it at huh, this point. You read history books and understand them? You're a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> <laughs> you understand philosophy? Ha, oh, conspiracy theorist. <laughs> yeah. but, but, the, but the point that I'm trying to make is that never, never – if I had asked people 17, 18 months ago, do you think your government cares about you? The answer would have been a resounding no. Right. No. No, they don't care. They're just going to do whatever they want. It's fine. And now, all of a sudden, this pandemic comes out and everyone's scared and everyone yeah. wants to feel safe and, 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 and comfortable and they want, they want something to rely on and they think that it's the government that's going to do it. The government's going to keep them safe. And people are literally telling me, oh, no, they, they, they care. They care. They don't care. If, if they rush this vaccine and it doesn't go through all the proper checks and then let's just, let's just thought experiment here that the vaccine causes a problem, right? There's there's a major problem with the vaccine and tens of thousands of people die in each country that takes this vaccine um, or a number of different vaccines. Let's just say they get the chemistry wrong because they rushed it and they went, they didn't go through all the safety measures. Well, what are they going to do? They're going to apologize? Yeah. Gee, we're sorry. Yeah. Oh, I guess we really rushed that one. Plus, Remember what they said? We need to flatten the curve because if we have all these people dying and getting sick, it will destroy our capacity to, to treat them and society will be detrimentally affected. Well, what if your vaccination does that? Even, even Don't you think you should test it properly? <laughs> but but even even if they say, oh, we, we give you assurances that every reasonable step has been taken to ensure that this is safe. Okay, cool. I still should have a choice. Right. Right. It's it's just my opinion and I'm I'm willing to stand up in a court if it comes to it. Well, this okay, but what we're talking about here specifically is tied China to Canada. Canada has flipped the government of Canada to being their ally. This is a serious shift in geopolitics. I don't think people want to admit that it's true. All the signs are very glaringly obvious. Canada took I forget how many months to once begrudgingly admit Taiwan was a country. And that's what I call a political signature. The only political force on this planet that doesn't want to admit Taiwan is a nation is China. Sure. And when I say that our prime minister and our government are agents of the Chinese, people right away think of Maxwell Smart, you know, and our, their, their, their shoe phone. <laughs> eh, missed it by that much. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, no, there's no argument here. All you have to do to be an agent is simply take a phone call. Say, hey, your house, well, there's a, a COVID thing and you're not in parliament. Just take co phone calls from people from China to please them because, hey, these are our buddies. And then when Donald Trump wants to talk to you, 
make sure you mess with him at every opportunity. Yeah. Don't go to the <laughs> don't go to the meeting of the signing of uh the the new trade agreement and right. avoid avoid any real interaction with the neighbor to the south. And the uh, genius there, our genius prime minister kneeling amongst protesters for Black Lives Matter in Canada, where we had black slaves fleeing to to escape slavery, and he's kneeling and they're all touching him. And they're all supposedly telling us that we can't gather in small groups. Systemic racism is a real, real problem in Canada. Yeah. It's so much so that we can't even get the head of state to step down after multiple instances of blackface. True. He has a lot of white male privilege. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's got a silver spoon so far up his ass, you can fucking see it shining at the back of his throat. And and, and to that point, have you have you heard about this We Charity Scandal. Oh, yeah. So, if anyone is not Canadian, there's a charity. It's called We, W-E. They basically are buddies. This is what's coming out now, is that it's been confirmed. They're buddies of Trudeau and people in his cabinet, the highest levels of government, Trudeau's family. They've all been making shit tons of money. As speaking fees. So, Trudeau's brother, wife, and mother cumulatively have made about three hundred and fifty to $400,000 in speaking fees for Personally. this charity. Which Personally. to Americans maybe seems like small pennies, but up here it's, it's a significant amount. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's enough. Especially since it's illegal. You're not permitted to do that. <laughs> well, yeah. So you're in office. I know, okay, we had a guy here in this area named Steve Peters, and uh, people may like or dislike things about him, but generally he is very well liked. And uh, he's gotten out of provincial politics. But he, even though I, I had, knew him on a bit of a personal basis, when I came to him with a question, he would always tell me he could provide information, but he could not do anything for me in the sense of giving me favors or speaking on my behalf. Not because he didn't want to, but because he felt very strongly that he wanted to adhere to the law, which says you cannot act for your friends, you know, as a government official. Yeah. That's illegal. It's, that's against the law. Right. Now, there are ways to try and get around that with little loopholes and stuff, but this is so brazen. Yeah. For people who aren't Canadian, essentially what happened is that uh, the government awarded a $900 million. Almost a billion dollars. Almost a billion dollar bursary or, or, or grant yeah. to this charity so that they could hire student volunteers and teachers and whatnot. Yeah. To work for this charity that would organize other organizations around the around yeah. the province and country. If you've ever seen the Hitler Youth, if you've ever seen <laughs> the children singing under Stalin's watch, you know it, I forget what they call them. China had it as well. This is exactly what this is. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a liberal. This fund was set up to be nonpartisan. It was supposed to be distributed by a bureaucratic element of the government. And people are supply. If you qualify, you get it. Then a few years ago, they started putting in these crazy things like you had you had to affirm these values. Yeah, there was a values like, test. Uh, you know, values like, oh, there's no such thing. If people can be gender neutral, some people are like all this crazy like gender stuff now. So, of course, any camp that was run by Christian groups or any traditional groups even, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do it. Nope. And so they lost all their funding. Boom. Overnight. Couldn't earn their camps and all their. But what makes this worse is that Trudeau got caught in a lie, right? So he said that he had no part to play in the awarding of the yeah. money to the charity. Yeah. Sure. And then it came out later that the head of that charity or the head of one of the uh, parts, the moving parts of that charity received a call from Trudeau personally, and that was tweeted and then it was deleted. Yeah. And then to make matters worse, it then comes out that this decision was made in cabinet. Yes. 
and that his cabinet ministers have also been getting hundreds of thousands of dollars for speaking fees from this group. And then his finance minister's daughter works for We Charity, and he stood up and he's like, "Oh well, my daughter got in by the merits by her merits." All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that must be a Biden right. a Biden argument. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, because those people didn't know that her dad was the finance minister, yeah. and that had no bearing whatsoever on her getting hired. Someone call it Biden Jr. Uh, we need him on our board, even though he knows nothing about our business. Quickly. <laughs> oh, did, you, did you see that tweet? Did you see that tweet from Biden where he said, if I'm elected president, I will, I will, uh, what was it? I will work as hard for you or I will do for you what I do for my own family. <laughs> so I responded with, you're going to get me a sweetheart deal at a foreign energy yeah. firm. Awesome. <laughs> you're going to force them to fire their chief prosecutors and to protect wow. me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so now this this thing's blowing up all over Twitter, and uh, it looks like looks like I'm not, I'm not certain how the algorithms work, but it looks like because a couple of people who I communicate with are saying that the tweets about like Trudeau corruption and Trudeau must resign and Trudeau worst prime minister ever are being deleted almost as quickly as they're going up. Oh, the censorship is unbelievable. Yeah, like so they're they're trying to delete their own stuff, but also suppression quote curating rather than calling it censorship you know like it, when social media first came out if someone tweeted it was just in whoever tweeted and you were following them it just came boom 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 chronologically as they tweeted them and same with facebook whoever your friends were or you were you were following it just whatever whoever tweeted when and that's just when you saw it on your now they take with an algorithm and show you what they think you should see right like well then why am i why are you even letting me choose who i follow yeah. Why don't you do that for me too? And Stefan Molyneux has now been banned from both Twitter Holy shit, that and was a, Facebook. Or, that was sorry, a not, massive not, sorry, one. Not Twitter and Facebook, uh, Twitter and uh, YouTube. He had almost a million followers on YouTube. Uh, Twitter, he's off there too? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, because he uh, actually gets people to reconsider the notions that are popular on the left. I've heard all kinds of crazy accusations about him. But people can't just disagree with someone anymore. They have to freak out. Well, you know what I, you know what I really like about everything that's been happening the last little while. I finally just, I've had so many. Like, I was actually getting into a really dark place, and the last two uh, recordings we've done um, were kind of cathartic in in a way because they allowed yeah. me to kind of vent that frustration. Good, but I don't know if it's uh, just a shift in the last two or three weeks where I've just been like, you know what. Fuck it. What's going to happen is going to happen, right? I have no control over it. We can we can try and exercise personal accountability and personal control. Yeah. But we're limited in that, right? Because, like, I mean, if the government wants to shove a needle in my arm, they're going to do it. I can't stop them, right? Like, I mean, I'm not – I'm not <laughs> – See, in life, this is a good attitude in life as in not trying to put too much – trying to put too much on your own mind or on your own shoulders. Yeah. When you're making films like J.J. Abrams, probably not a good idea to have that philosophy. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I've just decided to start having fun with people. And it, and it's funny because the left, which prides itself on being tolerant and inclusive and yeah. diverse, is anything but. I have never received so much bullying and so much vitriol for simply making a statement that I don't want to wear a mask. Or that I don't want to have a vaccine forced on me. It's not that I won't take the vaccine. I've never said I wouldn't take it. I won't take the Chinese vaccine. Right. You know, if I if they develop another vaccine in, let's say, the United States or in Canada by a Canadian firm not using a Chinese formula, then I will give it good consideration. And as long as it's a choice, then I would be much more inclined to take it. 
But if I am forced to take a vaccination that was developed in haste by um, a firm from a country responsible for the very pandemic that is disrupting everyone's lives, you can go suck a bag of dicks. Do you know that there's actually a, a vaccination for the mental virus of the Frankfurt mental virus? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, is referring to where the change from communism as a formal economic and social change system transformed into a leaderless, quickly mutating, gobbledygook disease of the mind, <laughs> which is getting worse and worse every 10 years. The uh, the vaccination for that is uh, educating, being educated on the Enlightenment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny. I was listening to uh, that podcast that Tim Pool does. I like Tim Pool. Yeah. And uh, he seems like he's a little burnt out right now. Yeah. And maybe I am in my own way too, which is why I'm kind of laissez-faire about how I'm responding to people now. And now I'm just I wouldn't say that I'm trolling them, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm still not going to wear the mask. Fuck self, whatever. You know, like I'm being very dismissive. Uh, once they get aggressive, I'm just like, whatever. You're clearly not interested in actually having a conversation about this. You're not interested in any of the evidence that I've presented that this is a bad idea, that this is unprecedented, that this is, you know, just a bad idea. I think in that's I think that's where J.K. Rowling is going now too. Yeah, it seems she's like, heading there. <laughs> but uh, it'll be gifts soon. <laughs> yeah. But with with Tim, uh, when I was listening to him the other night. He, he basically, his stance is, is that, you know, this is a, a conflict between individualism and collectivism. Yes. And, and he's 100% right. But he says that because the left is collectivist and likes to form groups and, and activist groups and panels and organizations, and the right or the middle even just wants to fight this battle one-on-one, on one, that we're doomed to, doomed to lose. That's that's that yeah. seems to be his stance. I could be wrong. Well, I think things are going to get a lot worse, and I think the the cost is going to. The longer we wait to fight back and go tear this stuff out of our school systems, tear it out of our governments, tear it out of our entertainment, each in their own way. I'm not talking about like an actual war, mm. but I mean, if we wait long enough, it will be civil wars. It will be wars against nation against nation in the West again, uh, because it can get that bad. But uh, either way, whether it gets that bad or not. I think that it's very clear that history has shown that nations that have a strong sense of individuals as the basis are stronger, not weaker. Yeah. So, what they have done is they've attempted to subvert that and basically transform young people's minds. But you know what happens to those young people when they get some years under their belt? Um, well, I'll tell you what happened to me because, I mean, <laughs> I don't think anyone would think, taught, listening to me talk now, that uh, that I was ever a true blue left-leaning, you know – out out to lunch kind of socialist. Yeah. But I mean, I remember being in my early 20s and saying, hey, man, everyone should make the same amount of money. Yeah. Hey, I, I bet money's you, not real, man. Yeah, money's not real, man. And <laughs> I, I remember saying things like, we can solve this homelessness problem. Why can't the government just build houses for all the homeless people? And, yeah. and, and like just this, this doughy-eyed, yeah. idealistic, no thought behind it kind of these are these are the problems and here are the the broad sweeping solutions that would work irrespective of all evidence against it and i would listen to people on the right talk about how this is this is impossible you can't you can't do this and i just thought that they were lazy and selfish and look some of them are some yeah. of them are all right there are solutions to this that can be that can be government assisted but there is a level of personal responsibility that these people yeah. have to take the more they try – so this is the expression I've heard. You can give away power, but you can't give away responsibility. Right. 
And this is the mistake people are being lured into when they're young. This is why some people are saying the voting age should go up and other people are saying it should go down in many places uh, because when you're, you know, 16 to 20 years old, you are much more prone to the idea that things are more simple and that old people just don't get it, you know? And there's this idea that you're part of, you know, you, you meet up with a group or a community and you feel like this is my new family and my actual family, oh, they don't get it. This is my real family now. You know, even if you don't literally believe that there's a part of it that young people are prone to, right? And yeah. so this is what's being preyed upon. And the fact that this is being allowed to go on in schools, uh, I believe with, I completely agree with Thomas Sowell. Right now he has a book that he's put out and he's, he's touring talking about it. Have you heard about it? Uh, uh, no, actually. I think I like 100 years old. He's 90 now. This oh, just, just turned 90. So he has a book now. I think it's called The War on Charter Schools. And he's talking about how charter schools demonstrate uh, that the public education system is complete horseshit. Now, I am obviously putting my own words to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you got in the same communities – you have people that go to line up. These parents line up to get their kids into the charter school. They're not put in special buildings. They're often in older buildings or the same buildings as the regular schools. And yet the performance of the charter schools, the students there are always, always better. And so this is a problem for the public schools because they are basically owned and operated by unions. And those are connected to the left politically. Yeah. Right? So that's why the left ideology flows into the schools constantly because if you don't get with the program – the unions to make sure that they squeeze you out. Yeah, we're doing what we always do. Jump sidetrack. No, no, it's fine. It's cool. Um, <laughs> uh, talking about masks, uh, I got into an argument. I think with probably the most esteemed individual uh, that I've ever spoken to on Twitter so far. Uh, I was an ex uh, UN ambassador uh, for Canada to the to the UN on um, what was it disarmament? Yeah. I think her name's Peggy Mason. Oh my God. I, like, I thought that somebody who was an ambassador <laughs> would actually have some skill and tact and ability to engage in persuasive discourse. But nope, nope. She went straight to the you're a COVID idiot. You're just going to have to get locked in your house and shop online and never interact with any other human being. And, you know, look, my, my, Members of my family have been high, high-level businessmen, right? Yeah. That's a wonderful suit. Don't tell me, don't tell me, let me guess. Mmm, Valentino Couture. Uh-huh. Hmm. Looks so soft. Your compliment was sufficient, Louis. So, I've experienced uh, what it's like when, even after they've retired, they're still connected. They still have those networks intact for they a long still, time. They still have shoes that are used as phones. Yes. And <laughs> if anyone, if you hear anything in the background, it's my daughter. <laughs> um, but the the funny thing is, is that she said something that was quite telling. She said, "When, not if, when they mandate this, you're going to have to do it." Yeah. And and there's a part of me that goes, a woman uh, of of her connections doesn't make a statement like when. Right. If if she doesn't know that that's what's coming down the pipe. Yeah. Well, it, the whole problem with this is that uh, I always use the example of Christopher Hitchens. He looked at the left the way it was. And at, at some point in the 80s into the 90s, he started saying and, and calling this out that it was no longer the left that he knew. Yeah. No. He called his time the old left and this was the new left. Now, more people are starting to do this. But he was way ahead of his time. That he understand that. So, there had been a transition where, as he put it, people used to stand up and say, this is what I've done. 
Now they would say, this is what I am, right? And instead of going, you know, this is uh, the value of my argument, they'd say, this is what I feel. Right. Right. And the expression that he heard that he said was the worst, like the nastiest statement he had ever heard uh, was the personal is political. So these people think that everything in your life, you have no right to not conform to their belief because it somehow magically affects them. And therefore, everything about your life must conform to their beliefs. Yeah, it, it, it's true. But I mean, there's there's a dash, not even a dash, a pound of hypocrisy. Yeah. In there. You know what? That guy on Twitter who was mean to me, who said that I don't have the voice for this, he's 100% right. 100% yeah. right. <laughs> I stutter all the time. But I, it, it hurt deep, deep. I was so mad. Yeah. Joe Rogan, he, he's an adamant <laughs> professional. I mean, that's what people are looking for. Someone in a suit and tie and yeah. uh, professionally radio trained. Right. <laughs> um, no, but, but that aside, so it's funny, the hypocrisy, right? So you have somebody like Trudeau who's been in blackface and the people yeah. who defend him, his defenders are like, oh yeah, you're going to go and look at something from 20 years ago at a costume party and you're really lame and you're just, you know, conservative idiot and da 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 da. It's like, okay, fine. You guys are literally tearing down statues of abolitionists from two centuries ago because they may or may not have owned a slave in in a time when slavery was legal. Forget the fact that anything written about these individuals or written by these individuals seems to indicate that they were actually opposed to this. Yeah. They forget that, right? So, they got we have to tear down that history. But what happened within living memory – Right. With the sitting Prime Minister of Canada, that doesn't matter because he said he was sorry. How many how many of the pharaohs in Egypt did bad things by this standard? Uh-huh. Should we detonate and destroy every single thing in Egypt? Shut up, Mr. Dragonbeard. <laughs> I mean they this, were brown people and this is what was going on that, remember <laughs> just twenty years ago we were seeing images of this in Afghanistan with Taliban. They were blowing up uh statues that were connected to um I'm not, I don't think it was Buddhism. I think it was um, the I'm pretty in, certain India's they, major religion, Hindus, yeah. Hindu statues. Maybe it was Buddhist. But either way, whatever the, the statues and monuments were that are blowing up, doesn't matter if you agree with them. doesn't matter if you think those people who historically put them up or that they were pictured in these images or whatever, the stories, none of that matters. It's history, okay? Like blowing up stuff because you don't like it, it makes you feel bad. History is not about how it makes you feel. History is about understanding the facts and learning from that. Well, like, I mean, what, when did Canada or the, the British Empire end slavery? Like 1833? Oh, I don't know. It was a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a while. <laughs> it's on the docket. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, I mean, that's, that's funny. Australia, those dirty bastards, they still got slavery, right? It, 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 <laughs> I would be more forgiving of their, their unreasonable positions on tearing down anything to do with slavery. If they were at least consistent with it. Slavery was ended in Canada before Canada was Canada. What were we confederated in 1867, but the the, the British Empire ended slavery in 1833. Yeah. So, longer than – a longer period of time passed between the ending of slavery and the beginning of Canada than Trudeau's blackface and him being elected prime minister. All right? But they're like, oh, no, no. He he said, sorry. It's fine. Okay, fine. Then – you know, if I ever get caught saying something racist, which uh, I guess it depends on what you define as yeah, racist. I said people, brown people two minutes ago here on the – Which list. is a term actually def- uh, created by the left. <laughs> brown people. It's such a wonderful term. Yeah. You're, you're not East Indian. You're, you're, not, uh, you're not from Afghanistan. You're a brown person. <laughs> 
was just like when I was when I was in school and they were talking about people of color, and I'm like, why why do you call them people of color? Like I was legitimately you can't curious. call them colored. You can call them people of color. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's a person of color, and and the reasoning was the person comes first. But colored person, you're you're defining their color over the person. It's word it, games. It's semantics, it, and yeah. that's what I'm talking about about this ideology on the left that's taken over it, it stems from marxism but it's it, even though it has the same core components it's become it's like you've cut off the head but they still they don't die they just keep going around now they're crazier than ever you can't even stop them you know what's funny is that that the the lockdown and the six months of kids being home it, it's hard on them it's hard on the children but it's funny because it's almost self-defeating for the left um for the left's uh, own social engineering projects right because those kids have not now been subject to massive, massive indoctrination in schools about, you know, this is what trans is and this is the new sex education curriculum and these are the social issues and this is the anti-bullying and blah, 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 blah. They've now been out of it for half a year, all right? Yeah. And a lot of parents, specifically uh, a, a Global News article today said that the most impacted group by the, the COVID layoffs have been women. So, there are a lot more women home now. Right. Yeah. So we're kind of going backwards in in a way that would <laughs> kind of lend itself towards state like the moms are staying at home, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a good thing, but what I'm saying Well, but I, it, people might find that to some degree it is because women's satisfaction and happiness has been going down every decade for like the last forty years. Right. Because it started with I can work and I can have a bank account and I can do this and I can vote. And then it became, Oh, I, I'm expected to vote and I have to use my banking hours. I have to have a job and I never see my kids. And there were a lot of unexpected long-term things that didn't match up with the promises that these vapid big mouths back in the 60s and 70s were shooting off about and they didn't know nothing. They didn't know anything about it. I almost used a double negative there. Yeah. Would have been terrible. Yeah. Because <laughs> we, we never we never fuck up when we when we record any time. But I missed it. You can't, I caught it. I've never mispronounced a word on any of the podcasts. <laughs> Man, it's always embarrassing when I fuck up a term I'm I'm fairly familiar with. But anyways, the, the thing though is that with this back step in the way that the family is currently structured, and I'm not saying this is going to be permanent, I've even found, because my wife and I have both worked throughout this entire thing, so our kids are having a lot of uh, personal time. You know, and they're old enough to take care of themselves for the period of time we're at work. But now I, I have a lot more time after work to spend with them where we can kind of communicate. Yeah. And just unpacking the uh, the the impacts that school has had on them is has been interesting because you, you get to learn a lot of what they think is true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you get to hear a lot more and focus on it more because you have no choice. Right. And if if one or both parents could uh, be home uh, more often or for extended yeah. periods of time, I think it would really undermine the social engineering that's been happening because I, for years, ever since I, I exited my college program, have made it a point to kind of get an idea of what is being learned in the curriculum, especially when it comes to social issues, and then sitting down with my kids and basically having what, what I would call like a debriefing. Yeah. I mean, like, here, what what did you learn today in class? And then they, they tell me and then I'm like, well, what do you believe is true? Yeah. And then they explain it to me. And then we, we go through it. And and sometimes I don't even have to give them my opinion because a lot of people have said, well, you're just you're you're projecting your own biases onto your kids. No, no, it's called raising them, but thanks. <laughs> we we need to we need to start becoming more willing to say things that upset people. Not to do the upsetting, but because it's necessary. 
Yeah. So when when did we get to the point when the government's like, we're going to take tons of money from you for schools, and then we're going to run them, and you'll have no say, and your children by law have to go, or we'll take your children from you. Mm. Okay. Hmm. I think this started with the idea that people had no schools, and so the government started creating schools so that they could help people get educated. Yeah. Right? It started with a great idea. But at this point, if we're the ones paying the taxes and these are our children, why the hell don't we decide which school they go to and where that money goes? So the argument that I always get right away from people I know in the atheist community, and I used to agree with this to a certain extent, was that, well, then they're going to go to religious schools and then they're going to be all segregated into their own religious backgrounds. But it's funny because most religious people I know have not fought against the public school system until they started coming, their kids were coming home. And asking them all these confused questions about gender identity and getting advanced educations on how gay people have sex and things that are being taught not to the point of just education, but values being instilled in these children that go contrary to what the parents would ever teach them. Right. Now, look, I don't I don't mind children being exposed to new ideas, but let's make it age appropriate. Right. You know. And again, how do you know it's age appropriate when like in, in Ontario a few years back, the reason we have Doug Ford and his government shifted completely over to a new majority government was on this issue more than anything else. The parents were locked out of the system. It was unapologetic. And it was about the, the whole thing surrounding sex education, which is not just about sex and biology anymore. And what parents didn't know, what age is what going to be taught? A lot of the teachers seemed to be uncertain what was going on. And the government didn't care, pushed it through, said basically love it or lump it. Yeah. You know? And so they got voted out. But this is an ongoing problem. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 and it's not going to get any better anytime soon. And by the way, that course curriculum was written by a now convicted pedophile, pedophile, and that is not an exaggeration. Yeah, and and he did not suicide himself. No, no, unfortunately. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh yeah. And then even after that came out, the government still was like, "No, we're not even going to review any of the stuff he put into this curriculum. We're just going to leave it." Do you ever <laughs> think that he wrote it like Epstein fan fiction, just like, "Oh yeah, this is going to get all the." <laughs> Just, just so horny. And <laughs> the Clintons would like send us a copy. It's insane. And, and it pervades. The, I think this is part of the reason why people like you and I, we're regular guys. This yeah. is why regular people don't know how to approach this. So when someone like Tim Pool says the, the right doesn't know how to band together on this, it's because – They've had decades and decades and decades of subdividing and everything. Like they're working down. The the left is working down to the level of individual, yeah. right? By subdividing each group into smaller and smaller and more specific uh, grievances, grievance groups. Yeah. Right. But they'll never make it all the way down to the to the one. Right. No. Where so there's so many, so many arguments and so many. Uh, social issues that are tied up in all of this intersectional Marxist bullshit that. Nobody knows what what to combat, right? So you can yeah, either confusion is part of the game, right? So what I tell, like I actually went out to a friend's house. Uh, you know, you know the friend uh, Bald. Yep. Uh, he had like four guys over at his house, and he saw one of my Facebook posts, and he goes, "Man, you got to come over here and explain it to these guys." <laughs> and I did. I went over to his house, and then we had a long conversation. And these guys are like, "How long has this been going on?" And I'm like, "Are you just catching up?" I've been talking about this for fucking years, years and yeah. years. And so I had and to go then, through like the- then we have have another friend as well who used to think this stuff about gender identity being pushed on kids was funny until one day his kid comes home and is like, oh, I'm a, I'm a different gender now. 
and you're going to all refer to me as a different gender fighting with his his wife and stuff like then it wasn't funny anymore you know because you know what it's not funny <laughs> no we laugh at it because it's dark humor and it's our way of dealing with this stuff but really when it affects people's personal lives it's not funny is dark humor a racist term now i, I don't I, know I, we'll ask mel uh, mel brooks they haven't he hasn't committed suicide yet. Has yeah, he? No. <laughs> I'd ask Tom Cruise, but he's probably too busy jumping up and down. Um, so I, I, I came up with a new term uh, that that can be tied into this intersectional uh, thing. It's what I do with my kids when I get them home, and I talk to them about their schooling. I call it a microeducation. It's like a microaggression, but with information. You give them some checks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a micro- so- it's microaggression. It's a my, good it, kind. It, it's a positive <laughs> microaggression. You know, I, I correct all of the wrong think that's been. That's inj- what microaggression is. Is is it's a form of wrong, of saying wrong think. Yeah. You know, it, we now look at someone that's trying to control what we say and go ah wrong think, and it's a, a retaliation. Yeah. But in the book, it's a term from the government. It's actually like that's what they say. It's wrong think. Yeah. And it's a form of people pressuring each other to conform to thinking the way they're told to. Yeah. Always the, trying to keep up with the, the most recent truth. The, the funny part is, is that um, the more you resist the left or people on the left uh, who, who demand that you adhere to this you know, masks, vaccinations, gender identity, you go down the list. It doesn't really matter. There's so many of them. Yeah. The shaming tactics. This works for them. It does. It does work for them. In, this, in their own. Yeah. And amongst people who are more sheepish. Well... I think in their own circles, like like on the left, I think there are a lot of people who don't agree with every tenet that the left holds, but they're but they're over there because that's their group. And so when somebody in the in group goes, eh, is there really is this really true? And then they shame that person, but because they want to stay in the in group, they they back down. So when they meet up with opposition that isn't going to back down. It just it, it amps up, and then all of that bullshit talk about being tolerant of different views and cultural relativism yeah. and different family like it all goes out the window. Yeah, it all goes out the window. They don't give a fuck about you anymore. It's it's a vicious attack. It's a struggle for power, and yeah. you must bend the knee or be castigated for all to see. <laughs> Stuff like uh, you people are racist. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> 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 so I'm going to use a great analogy. Yeah, it's uh, from all of your analogies. Are the great three amigos. <laughs> so most people who are not up to date with all the different weird terms, because part of the, what they're doing is confusing the public, right? That's why all the terminology changes. They take words, twist them, create little phrases, shift the way they're expressing stuff by rearranging the words. It's constantly playing with semantics. So think of the little village in Three Amigos. These people, they're terrified of what's going on, but they don't really know what's going on. They're just peasants. So when the, the big bad guys show up, they just give them whatever they want. And they just hope that they go away. <laughs> El Wapo. El Wapo uh, is the political left, right? <laughs> I like these guys. They are funny guys. Just kill one of them. And so then what happens is, well, they don't like it, so they do send for help. And who comes? 
the three amigos and they teach them how to fight back. <laughs> so the three amigos are people who are educated in the enlightenment. <laughs> what does that mean? Infamous. Oh, Dusty. Infamous is, is when you're more than famous. This man, El Guapo, is not just famous, he's infamous. A hundred thousand pesos to do a personal appearance with this guy, El Guapo, who is probably the biggest actor to ever come out of Mexico. Wow, the infamous? Infamous? <laughs> this is this is terrible because if we're <laughs> <laughs> my little buttercup <laughs> with your eyes so blue, <laughs> the sweetest smile. <laughs> I can't believe we're comparing the, the people on our side to the three amigos. Everybody, <laughs> my little buttercup has the sweetest. It's my ear. <laughs> Dear little buttercup, won't you stay out? Wild, wild! <laughs> you and I will settle down in a cottage built for two. Dear little buttercup, sweet little buttercup, my little buttercup. Three white dudes who are completely fucking clueless of what's going on. Are you the singing bush? <laughs> are you the singing bush? Let me talk to him. Excuse us. Are you the singing bush? Hello? Hi. Hi. Uh, shoot in the air. Shoot in the air. <laughs> we all shot in the air. Great! You've killed the invisible swordsman! He's dead, all right. How was I supposed to know where he was? You were supposed to fire up. We both fired up! It's like living with a six-year-old. Oh my god, there's a joke in that fucking movie that would, would be absolutely torn up now. Oh yeah? Yeah, yeah. The plane with the little yeah. balls? <laughs> it's a male plane, how do you know? Because the little balls! <laughs> what is that? It's a plane. It's not just any plane. It's a Tubman 601. I flew one and little Nettie goes to war. What's it doing here? I think it's a mail plane. How can you tell? Well, didn't you notice its little balls? So True. this is an endorsement. Go watch Three Amigos if you haven't watched it. <laughs> but anyways, this is the, the way it works. Most people are basically civilians and they have some degree of resistance. But if you sit down with people like you talked about, and I've done this with people as well, and you start giving them the lingo and, and decoding it and showing them 
This is their tactic. These are their goals. These are our values they're trying to strip away. And this is how it affects you. Here's your, here's your approach back, right? Here's some strategies back. Yeah. Then they're armed. They sling their gun over their shoulder and into the field they go, right? This is where we're, la- we're lacking because the education system has been geared to disarm the public intellectually about yeah. our values. Right. And then, and then to make it worse, there's this, this incestuous relationship in Canada specifically, although I'm sure it's, 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 this is why they say fake news and the media is the enemy of the people in the States. So this is true almost everywhere is that where journalism was once about getting the truth yeah. that was unspoken to the people so that yep. the people could be informed. Now it is about access, access and, and narrative and funding. Right. So yeah. in Canada specifically, because we have billions of dollars given out to media organizations, it is, it is unapologetic now. So here's this scandal about the, the charity there was a group, I can't remember what they're called, uh, Canada Land or something like that, was going to break the story. So then they knew it was going to break the story, so they got out ahead of it and they admitted it. Global News, CTV, CBC, they all ran like a short story about it. You know, oh, the, the Bloc Québécois are calling for Trudeau to step down and this and this and this. And there was a, a, a small section of the news cycle that was dedicated to this, to this like terrible story of government corruption. And then they just... What, within a few hours, they're like, oh, COVID-19 surges in the United States, and oh, Trump said this, and yeah. oh, okay, well, we're dealing with sexism now in, in the COVID response, and, you know. Yeah, then, so. Tr- so They just the- deflect. They just move on to the next story. Perfect example. Uh, Don Lemon just had Terry Crews on. Oh, fuck. Right? And the disrespect and arrogance by Don Lemon even surpassed my expectations. Like, I already think he is the worst person in news. He's a hack, a narcissist, a pea brain, right? But he was cutting off Terry. He was lecturing him. And basically, the intonate, uh, the, the undertone of what he was saying was he was accusing Terry of being a bad black person. Basically, uh, what was that? Uh, Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. And if you want to start that issue, why don't you start it? Do you understand what I'm but, saying? But when you look, but when you look at the organization, police brutality is not the only thing they're talking about. I know that. But uh, I agree, that, but that's not I, what the Black Lives Matter movement is about, Terry. Black Lives Matter is about police brutality and about and about criminal justice. It's not about what happens in in communities when it comes to crime, black on black crime. People who live near each other, black people, kill each other. Same as whites. Eighty-some percent of white people are killed by white people true. because of proximity. Very true. It's the same thing with black people. But that I happens can't. in every single I neighborhood. But that doesn't. Again, I'm not you saying know, that's not like important that those 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 kids died. But it's a different people. movement. Yeah. So you, he brings them on him on to CNN to basically kick his legs out from underneath him and try and humiliate him. Yeah. And do you honestly believe that Don Lemon would ever fucking do that if Terry Crews was sitting across the desk from him? <laughs> like Terry Crews looks like. I don't know. Well, in, in Don's defense, he's brave enough to take his balls out when he's drunk and rub them on people twice in a night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's an interesting fellow, that guy. Don Lemon. Don, Don Lemon. Don Lemon. I remember Terry talking about, uh, he said, you know, I don't want. Black Lives Matter to mutate into Black Lives Better. I don't want to replace one oppressor for another. He's like, and, and I'm not criticizing. I'm warning. I'm warning that there are extreme elements in every movement and you can't let them take over. But there was nothing he said that was radical. Oh, yeah. No. there's Everything nothing. he said was healthy. And in, uh, what was it, 2013, Don Lemon was uh, quoting O'Reilly 
saying, yeah, the, the problem is in the family, is in the home, it's personal responsibility. And Don Lemon was like, yes, he has a point, you know, pull up your pants, don't litter in your community, you yeah. know, raise your kids, get a job, you know, blah, 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 get an education, stay in high school, all this shit. Like, he went through the entire gamut of what, what Bill O'Reilly had just said and agreed with it all. Don Lemon in 2013 would be torn apart by the left and Don Lemon of 2020. Yeah, well, right. Don, I think Don of 2020 has it's completely gone to his head. Oh yeah, I think in years to come he's going to look back and he's going to be, you know, let's put him mildly disappointed in his missed opportunities. A, a lot of them. just just be professional, dude. At least you can take pride in that. You're a news anchor. You're not an opinion piece. Yeah, you are sitting behind the anchor desk. <laughs> like, why does this have to be explained? I, I, I honestly, I honestly don't. <laughs> like if you're watching the weather, you know, that guy gets away with a little bit more, right? The weatherman on the news. He's like, ah, look. But if he comes out and he's like, look at my dildo, right? <laughs> he's still going to get fired, right? There are limits. But news anchors now, they've become worse than the weatherman. Like, they're not going to sing a song and show you a dog. They're going to do worse. They're going to, like, spew all kinds of crazy ideology, insult their guests, uh, tell lies outright that everyone can see through. You know what? Um, everyone should have saw this coming when it went, when CNN briefly had Pierce Morgan uh, yeah. working for them. <laughs> because I couldn't, I could never understand. Uh, Pierce Morgan is absolute shit, like absolute shit. He is such a cunt. He cuts off everyone. It's like why bother inviting guests onto your show mm. if you're going to talk over them? Well, in fairness, so is Pierce Brosnan. So maybe it's just the first name. <laughs> <laughs> the organization that is required from from the right to actually fight this, I think it's coming. The problem is, I think it's coming in the wrong form. Well, uh, it's hard to say exactly how it's going to play out. What I do think is going to get worse before it gets better, and I do think the pendulum does swing back. So we're hitting the top end now. Like we've gone through the fastest speed, and I think we're now hitting the other, the far end on the left, and it's slowing down. Yeah. They're, they're they're pushing, but it's not really moving much more. And then it's going to slowly start going back. And once those tactics start showing success and promise, more people will be drawn more fervently to it, and we're going to see a hard pushback. Yeah, it's going to be harder. And, like, I think the United States is actually poised in a better position, like it's in a better position to actually push back against this insanity. Just historically, it's the way of it, right? And Don uh, Lemon should understand that. He probably pushes back a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm sorry. Was that inappropriate? No. no was, I guess I only get away with that. I'm a news anchor. <laughs> <laughs> there was a video by Computing Forever that just came out. And he's talking about how the UN is now trying to push for like global governance and solidarity. And talking about the, the best option to get through the pandemic and the worst option. And, and basically, it's like essentially laying the groundwork yeah. for one world governance. Dave right? Cullen's going to be taken out soon. He's already – he knows it. Oh, what? From uh, YouTube? Yeah. Like, well, like uh, – so Sargon, I don't think his channel was deleted. It was demonetized. But with uh, Molyneux, they deleted the channel as I understand it. Yeah. They suspended it completely. And they'll do the same thing to Cullen. Oh, they'll do the same thing to Sargon too and all of his different accounts on YouTube. Like it'll be gone. Yeah. People need to start moving towards alternatives. Uh, I know BitChute is one that a lot of people use, but alternatives that don't store all the data on just their own personal servers in a sense that they control every video. They're in charge of everything. Um, it's much more, you know, data version of, of what they call it, blockchain or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but there was a point I was bringing up the UN thing. So the UN, the UN write up, uh, it, it came out recently 
I think Dave Cullen missed it. And it's probably because he lives, he's in Ireland, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so he's not, I'm not saying he's not aware of U.S. politics, but, but in the document, the UN document, it says, if we want to build back better, we need to govern in solidarity. Da, 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 da. What's Biden's campaign slogan? Uh, baby got back. <laughs> build back better. Yeah. No, I'm I, like maybe I'm over. And it sounds like Bilderberger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those those types of of correlations they're not incidental. They're they're planned. Yeah. So this is what I tell people is so that this is okay, the UN endorsing Biden. The people people often react uh, knee jerk calling things conspiracy theory, but in, listen to the theory first. Right, hear it out and educate yourself on the matter before you assume it's crazy or can, it can't be real. So the C, the CIA has been criticized for years now because of declassified factual known information that they would they would recruit agents in other countries for instance in Iran and they would instigate uh, riots and over have the government overthrown well, what is happening in the states what is happening in England right and i think even australia is having all places as if <laughs> australia somehow is the quintessential area of you know black lives matter the the us movement so this stuff is getting funding from certain groups I think that this includes China, uh, but also people like Soros. There's a number of forces that have an interest in putting money into people's pockets. And these groups take that money and they distribute it into cells. Yeah. So foot soldiers on the ground believe the cause. That's their purpose. The people behind it know the purpose of what's going on, though. For sure. So the U.S. in 1980 hit a trillion dollars in debt. I believe it was 1980. It was right around that time. Yeah. Right. So that's when they topped their first trillion. I think they're at like almost 25 trillion now or some shit like that. Uh, but at the time in 1980, their population was like 270 plus million people. Yeah. All right. Canada this year just hit a trillion dollars. Oh my God. A never... trillion, a trillion dollars in national debt, population 37 million. We can't ever pay that off. Uh, well, they're saying 10 years, but that's based on the fact that we take in tax revenue around 30, 35 billion dollars a year in tax revenues. But that's not including $343 billion deficit in the first half of 2020 just to deal with COVID. And there are still fucking idiots on the internet going, hey, we need universal basic income. Like, dude, can you really get your finger all the way to the brainstem through your nostrils? <laughs> they make me want to shove my hand through my eye into my brain and... Swish my fingers around. So, so, so serve. So it's like the Canadian emergency relief benefit um, is is paid out to anyone who's who's off work or on reduced hours because of yeah. because of COVID nineteen. That's right. Yeah. So it's that part of the three hundred and forty three billion was ninety eight billion dollars. Yeah. So that's just, just a fraction. That's just a what? fraction. So if you want to like take everyone's income calculate what the cost of living is in their particular area and then equalize the, the the income of the population across the entire nation all right to distribute that nationally is going to be roughly about the cost of serb right right but this is serb for four months it's not serb for an entire year so let's just multiply it by by three you know four months uh, so 12 months so, so uh, 300 billion dollars a year just to equalize the incomes of the entire nation. Right. But so in addition to that, let's say you take a million dollars and all you want is a slide put in across the street. If you take that million dollars and set it down on the ground and then walk away, 
Will the next day a slide appear? <sighs> so you need to pay people to do that, right? Yeah. This is where money goes and how money works. So the problem with communism in any form of this type of thinking is that you are paying people, period, right? So the people go, well, geez, it would be nice if I had time around the house with my kids. I guess I don't need to work. Some will work because they'll go crazy if they don't. But eventually, even those people start having pressure put on them because of all the extra work that other people aren't doing being placed onto their back. Yeah, and but then you have the forced, forced labor. Well, but that's the next step. Well, government knows, it looks at the situation, goes, well, we can't maintain our society this way. We're going to be overthrown when everything collapses. So they start creating their own programs to force people to work. This is the problem. These people think that they're sitting at home, eating their pizza, watching their TV, playing their video games. And they're just like, yeah, that'd be great. I don't know. No one will ever be like, no one has to go to work. Ha, 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 right? And I can live in a nicer place or whatever they're thinking is going to happen. No, no, no. You're the first to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's, what, what's you even, are dead weight, sir or ma'am. What What's even worse about this is that it it exaggerates the the already terrible, if you want to call it terrible, the the the, the difference between income brackets. Yeah. Right. So look at a place like Toronto. Toronto is ridiculously expensive to live in because of this COVID lockdown. A lot of tenants are not able to make their rent. So yeah. once all the protections are pulled back because they can't last forever. Either these landlords are going to go out of business, and then those those properties are going to be bought up by multi-million dollar property management firms, or these landlords are going to stay in business and, and have to raise the rent after all of this goes back to recoup the loss, right? So you're going to see an exodus from, from urban centers, and then people with money in more rural areas are going to probably possibly move in. So, so if you ever want to see a world like uh, the Hunger Games where you have only the aristocrats living in large urban centers and then the rest of the peasantry living out in in the, yeah. the, the farmlands, this is how you do it. You start paying out these universal basic income checks. But then the government has the right to go, well, you know what? We're paying you this, this top-up on the wages you're making. But actually, do you realize that if you move here, it's actually cheaper for you to live so we can pay you less. So then they start moving all of the people out of expensive areas to live to the cheaper areas to live and the people who don't need to have a universal basic income because they already make more than what the government would pay them a top up for just get all the prime real estate they have all of the best the, 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 like it, it oh man animal middle farm. class is gone middle class is gone animal, that's it it's animal farm yeah and middle class will be gone if if they bring in universal basic income they'll tell you where you can live and the rich will have whatever they want, and the poor will be told, "Nope, this is so." You, you're going to here's live the here. problems in the real world that these governments have really had: roads aren't being maintained, industries aren't producing anything, and aren't being built. Farms uh, are unable to get their food where they need to go, or the supplies to grow the field properly. People aren't working these jobs, so things are falling apart. People are starting to starve. Things things are getting really bad. We're going to be overthrown. That's where this goes very quickly. And so, any government that's going to stay in power, you can criticize them all you want, but at that point. It's time to bring down the hammer. Yeah. Or you have to give up the, the goat or whatever the expression is. <laughs> give up the ghost? I don't know. You have to give up and turn into a democratic constitutional form of government and give people back their own responsibility and control of their own lives, which is not going to happen once you've gone this far, right? Well, so I was I was talking about this with uh, the same group of guys that were asking about social justice. I said there's a reason why Marxist governments – uh, always regard themselves as revolutionaries, or very often anyway, 
and why they they tend to, at some point in their transition, end up very militaristic. There are these academics, um, or, or the, the brains behind these transitions, uh, always create this kind of upper ruling class. And then there are the warrior caste, and then the working caste. It's a very caste system sort of thing. I don't know if this is the way Marx intended it to happen, yeah. but it's the way it works, right? So the rulers, the warriors, and the workers. Yeah. If a, there, there, there is very little um, mobility between these caste systems. If a worker wants to not be a worker anymore, he can join the warrior caste. Yeah. Now, from the warrior caste, if you can survive and you show a particular uh, propensity for good decision making, you're you know ruthless enough or or just tactically minded. Eventually, these warriors can work their way up into the ruling caste. Yeah. Right. And once they're there, they realize the decadence and the weakness of of these individuals. Right. These academics with their noses so far in the clouds yeah. that, that they don't understand the danger they're in once they let the wolves into the den with them. <laughs> and then the wolves kill them. The people love them because, oh my God, they killed the bad guys. The bad guys have been ruling over us. Yeah. And then the wolves take over. And trust me, nobody wants the wolves to take over either. Yeah. So then, so then it exacerbates the problem, but the wolves can hold on to power a lot longer because they're vicious. Right. Well, but but this is exactly what we're talking about with Animal Farm. So one of the, the semantics that's constantly used as a tactic is to go, oh, look, the people who are in charge now of your country, they're decadent and, and they think they're better than you. But we believe in a classless society. And every Marxist strain does this. By the way, Nazis were Marxist in their underlying ideology. Same with um, uh, fascism. The tactics are different. They split at a certain point. Just like the Amish and the Mennonites. <laughs> yeah, well. What they say is, you know, we're going to create a classless society. We're all one people. But the truth is, just like an animal farm, they're setting themselves up to be some animals are more equal than others. Yeah. <sighs> Did you hear about, um, we're jumping, we're jumping. You're we're going to jump Yay. people. Until, until we start getting guests back on the show, this is what you fucking get. We had to jump um, like a Mario. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did you hear about Seattle pulling all of their white employees in? Oh, and telling them it was racial. That's racial discrimination. What they did, yeah, telling them that they're all a bunch of racists. Motherfucker, I would quit my job in a. In a I would. I would uh, get names. I'd call people after work, and I'd say, "Let's do a class action lawsuit." I, I hope somebody is. Can you imagine honest. if they pulled in all the Mexican workers, yeah. <laughs> or all the all the, the East Asian, like Chinese or Japanese workers, or or all the black workers, and told them how it was based on their skin color, no matter what the message? You got to be out of your mind. Yeah. What? But this is a religion. Okay, so getting back to the left, what we're seeing with this is the moderate left, because I know a lot of people are like, well, we're still lefties, right? So, but you've got to let it go, dude. Like, you have lost control. There is the, no left. It is. This carriage and these horses are going over the cliff. If you want to hang on, go ahead. But I would jump off of that carriage. <laughs> yeah, like, just, just, just let it go, because... I'm not a prophet. I can't see the future. But this really only ends in, in one of two ways. Either people who think like us. We're not the smartest. We're not the most elite. We're not educated. the most educated. We're not the richest. But either we organize and push back enough that the people in power who maybe aren't as left as they say they are on TV, but are using this to propel their careers and their personal wealth forward go, fuck. All right. We need to chill the fuck out. Otherwise, well, we're gonna get we're gonna get tarred and feathered in the streets. 
and then they calm everything down. Yeah. And 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 unfortunately, I don't even think they can at this point. I no. think they've whipped this hornet's nest up so bad that they couldn't even pull the reins on this. Right. So what I was going to say is that it's become a religion. So I've already pointed out before how they have their priest class. So they have, uh, you know, they talk about scientists like they're like they're wise men. They have a completely distorted view of what scientists do and their their role of things. Right. It's meant they they think that scientists' job is to support their political views. They have the news anchors. These are the you know the higher the higher clergy, and then you go up to like the pope level and the, the stuff like this. This is the the politicians that do yeah. do their their bidding. So you got Black Lives Matters and Antifa. They're 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 they, they're the they are what what I would call like the the crusaders. Right. Um, right. These are the, the soldier uh, yeah. forces. And street and preachers. And then you have... They have the, their ideologies and their tenets and their codes. And if you better not break them or else you're going to get you know burned to the stake, cast out, uh, excommunicated, uh, or worse, right? And then uh, they've also got their child prophets. Look at this girl that's going around about the environment. And the environment, of course, is their doomsday, their revelations, right? We're all going to die. But they have the one great truth that will save us. And, of course, they've completely painted the past as horrible, it was a horrible past. It's going to go to this horrible future. Or we're going to kill ourselves. None of it is balanced. None of it is reasonable. Uh, and now you're even seeing them bowing down on their knees to this movement, right? It is a full-fledged fledged social religion. Yeah. It, 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 fuck. <laughs> I don't even know how to take this seriously. And I guess Kaepernick? Is it Kaepernick's their Jesus? <laughs> Kaepernick's their Jesus? Oh, my God. Uh, no, Floyd. <laughs> Floyd. Floyd, Floyd uh, George Floyd, I think, has very much become a, a messiah-type figure to at least Black Lives Matter. This is bizarre. Paint, paintings of him everywhere, um, like effigies and, 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 and images of him, like, abound. It's amazing, too, that the same types of people that shot Malcolm X now adore him so much. But they never want to talk about how he pointed out that he preferred people that were that were neo-nazis and kkk over white liberals <laughs> yeah you never because he's like at least they're enemies outright you can see them you can hear what they have to say and this message has been completely lost uh you should put that clip in the video when we're done yeah completely <laughs> we'll um, see if we'll see if it's been scrubbed yet by youtube uh probably not you know there's just some historical context of that that i think they wouldn't get rid of but yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much, well, it's broken down now. You have your street preachers, you have your holy warriors, yeah. and then you have your 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 ruling class, which is just the popes or the kings and queens of, of this whole thing, and then your saints. And that's what I think the, the science class, the science cla ca cast of all of this, are, or the, the scientists are the saints. They are the untouchable, unassailable um, purveyors of wisdom I think and they're knowledge. more like prophets. Yeah, I, because the stuff they say has to now be accepted, and I'm, I'm not talking about all scientists. Okay? We're not talking about all scientists. There are a lot of very good not, scientists. Hashtag out there. not all scientists. Right. <laughs> so this isn't talking about science. This isn't talking about now this new um, distortion and mutation that's happened, where the role of science used to be we are going to come up with uh, look at some stuff, come up with a hypothesis. What might be going on here? Yeah. Now, how do we disprove that? Let's work to disprove it with some research. Couldn't disprove it. All right, let's write it all up our methods, make sure that it's peer-reviewed. Now it's a theory. Other people are going to repeat it, see if it can be repeated. This is science, right? Yep. But now science, to many, many people, has become what is right. Okay, let's prove that. Well, okay, so... It's insane. It's pseudoscience, really, when you think about it. So COVID-19 started somewhere. What, what they're guessing is, the original guess was actually 
about November of 2019. New evidence seems to have been suggested in the media, and you can you can look it up and maybe put a little clip in the video, uh, that in Italy, there's some indication that it might have been there in March of the previous year. Holy crap. So, wait a minute. I already knew it was spreading lo- earlier than they said, but that's even earlier than I suspect. If, if it was spreading a year earlier, then everything that we have been told about this entire pandemic is a lie. Bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Because it didn't just stay in Europe for a fucking year. Yeah. Well, when this is one of my backwards, uh, back, things have gotten backwards, it gets me angry. When people go, when you say, okay, this might have all been used against us. There might be people oh, in- totally engineering right. this situation or at least taking advantage of it. People go, well, how do you know? Well, I can't know something if we don't investigate it. Yeah. And I can't trust an investigation if everything's now partisan. Like we need transparency and we need rigorous investigation. This can be done, but it's simply not done anymore. And and it was funny. I was watching um uh, watching a video from the World Health Organization. I don't know why, but <laughs> I like to stay informed, even if I think the Doctor Liz Who, yeah, Doctor Liz Who, <laughs> um, and and they were saying that they are getting upwards of about a thousand studies daily that that are bringing them new information on this pandemic so they didn't know anything about it in november well they knew stuff about it but they didn't know enough about it and they enforced all of these policies and all of these lockdowns and they recommended this and that and all this other shit and now they're getting the studies now like i I mean how much research how much peer review can be done in four months right when the entire world is is dedicated to trying to figure it out i would think a lot yeah. And I'm not saying it's impossible for people to do studies of meaning and value within a very short period of time, especially when, when there's a high motivation to do so. But even there, like, some of these studies are good, some of them are not so good. It's like, okay, but which ones are you using to enforce your policies? Well, and also, why is it always immediately a knee-jerk reaction towards the bias of the already established truth? So I know about you know, like a year and a half ago, year ago, whatever it was, I started finally openly questioning the great overarching belief of environmentalism as it's become like this structured kind of worldview. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that every study I see, I disbelieve. It doesn't mean that I dismiss things out of hand everywhere I go. But it does mean that I was like, listen, I have been listening to excellent scientists now because I finally decided to listen to the other side. People have problems with this theory or these theories. And these are some excellent scientists. There's some very good research that's trying to be done. And it's rejected out of hand. They're all wrong. Exactly. (laughs) They're all wrong. It doesn't mean that there can't be some truth there, but how do we know what is true if we just go, well, these are the ones we're going to accept, and these are the ones that are crackpots. The Earth and all of its systems are fully understood. (laughs) There are no secrets and and mysteries left to unfold. And we know in 50 years that we'll all be dead, even though we can't predict what on Saturday the weather's going to be. But but here's the thing, right? So what was it? It was uh, Ocasio-Cortez and Greta Thunberg that were putting out this thing saying the Earth is done in 12 years. Yeah. And we're all done for. And then in the first, like, two months of COVID-19... The, the news articles out then were generally very positive. They're like, yes, this pandemic is terrible, but look at the rivers in Venice and look at the skies over Europe and look at the reduction in greenhouse gases over China. Oh, my God, it's happening quicker than we ever could have predicted. Fuck me. 
Yeah. Like, you are literally... <laughs> like, it's hot. It's global warming. Oh, look, it's cold. It's, it's global, global warming. warming. It's really wet. It's global, global warming. warming. <laughs> or, sorry, climate change now. Yeah. And that's, again, with the semantics. Like, back in the 70s, we're all going to freeze to death. And then the 80s, it's acid rain. And then it moves into the 90s. It's global warming. And then now it's climate you, change. You, you skip the uh, you skip the, the 80s with uh, the ozone there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That was the 80, 90. Yeah. Right. But but here 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 we are again. Um, you know they were astounded at how quickly the Earth healed itself or began to heal itself. Yeah. And, and look, small snapshot. It probably doesn't mean anything, right? It might not actually indicate anything in favor of our position on this, <laughs> right? I still advocate for environmentally clean living. Try and make as little of an impact as you can. All right. That said. I agree with you that, that there are a lot of scientists that get, get ignored on the other side. But if you have people saying the earth is going to end in 12 years, then why is the government acting like we have to lock everyone down? Right. We're all going to die. We're all going to die anyway, man. Like, yeah, like yeah. the earth, the earth's coming to an end in a decade. So, you know what I've started calling this current generation? <laughs> what? The use me generation. Oh. People are just in love with being used. They want to be used. I don't understand it, but... There's like people on the street right now. Like on, we're just joking about this. People on highways. It's like I have an important cause. Hey guys, where should we protest this? I know on a busy highway. Like I don't care what your cause is. Like how stupid are you? It's like you know what show even more determination is if you set a fire and you stood in that fire and protested. Then we know you're determined. Like well, don't be stupid. There was there was this one Buddhist monk who did do that. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's true. It's true. Lit himself on fire to protest Chinese and a couple China. of fathers who couldn't see their kids in front of family courts. Yeah, yeah. They were showing. Listen, all I'm saying is, you might have oh, might be very convinced about this cause, but then, like, what is the cause you're marching for? So right now we have Black Lives Matter saying how easily people were manipulated to go from Black Lives Matter to now defund the police and then how quickly from that to abolish the police uh, yeah and now defund the military is uh, and then defund the military it's like people have you no self-respect this is not your cause it is only your cause now because you were looking for a cause and they told you what to do and now you were doing it otherwise you would not transition from one extreme to the next extreme and then ratchet up to the next one so quickly it's because you don't care you're already part of something that's all you care about you're saying, use me. You might as well just put a sign on you, like, wear a shirt, use me. Yeah. Fuck puppet. Don't you have anything <laughs> in your own life? Sock puppet. <laughs> no, fuck puppet. Oh. Not sock puppet. <laughs> <laughs> so there's only a few other major news things that we can talk about. And then in three, four weeks when this episode goes up, there'll be some, <laughs> some new shit to talk about. Yeah, but it'll be a very funny yeah, uh, introduction yeah. I make. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, oh, yeah. She, hasn't, she didn't commit suicide. Not yet. Not yet. Um, actually, she did test positive for COVID-19. That was reported. Oh. Um, it's unfortunate that she's going to pass away of a particularly like a particularly vicious yeah. strain. She won't be able to breathe. She'll need a ventilator. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of not breathing the ventilator won't fix. <laughs> yeah. So, I actually think that she's going to cough so hard she's going to develop three small wounds in the back of her skull. Yeah. <laughs> Nurse. Nurse, this ventilator is not working. Doctor, I think there's a rope around her neck. Uh, I'll just pump up the ventilator more. <laughs> her male nurse comes in to put in the, put in the ventilator. Igor, oh, I broke her neck. Sorry. Doctor Bill and Nurse Hillary. 
<laughs> she's so dead. <laughs> she's so fucking dead, man. And if she's not dead, if she actually makes it, geez, no wonder people are going to be. So, screaming. would you like to hear my conspiracy theory? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that a lot of these things are coming to pass in a connected way under Barr. Yeah. So, I think that she's going to be ratting out a lot of powerful people. And those investigations will be going forward. And the reason, so I was talking to someone, was it you? It might have been someone else. I was talking, you know, it was you. I was talking about this uh, yesterday, that Flynn's trial is not being just overridden by the, the president because he wants it to go through that court and the court has, has to let it go, release the charges and dismiss, like, so he's not guilty. Yeah. Because at that point, this is going to move straight into the, the backing for investigating people that's going to go straight up to the White House. Yeah, because they can they can then they can, establish can, yeah. a, um, a malicious intent based on, on the what the they did to him. Administration. So what by what they did to Flynn, they actually gave ammo to people to actually go after the previous president of the United States for what he did because they have evidence that he was directly connected. Uh, that's been presented. To yeah, the court. and that judge is going to stall that shit as as long as there's going to be a lot of stalling. But as I'm telling you, man, I think this is the the end game for the Trump administration is to watch the first U.S. president going to court and jail. Um, look, I don't like giving credit to Trump where I don't think it's due, but sometimes yeah. when people talk about him playing 4D chess, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, you know what? He's got good advisors sometimes. Yeah, he might just have some people in the background who know what the fuck they're doing. Now, as far as the election goes, like, you know, here I go. I'll tell you things I don't approve of. I think he has completely ignored social media and it's danger to him being reelected. Now, my personal issue, of course, is that I don't like being censored and I don't like people that I like being censored. I want to talk to them. I want to hear their content, watch their content. I don't like certain words being suppressed or whatever. That's my interest in it. Yeah. But he has only recently started barking about it. Like, dude, the election's a few months away. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's a little late to the game. I'll give you that, but he's not going to lose. I didn't say he's going to lose. What I'm saying is he's ignoring the, the bona fide threats. Yeah, anyone, but- anyone can lose. Anything can happen. That doesn't mean I think he's going to lose. What I think is going to happen is that he will win uh, because people are watching him defend their monuments. People are watching him refuse to bend his knee and bow in front of people. And I think they realize that they don't want to have people running around their neighborhood, suburban or otherwise, burning shit down and beating up their kids and guns going off. That is the delineation the left has created. Yeah, it's a terrible line in the sand to draw. Um, I don't know what's wrong with the left, but their their political leaders are not in control. No. They, well, I, <laughs> if you whip up a mob, every once in a while, you're going to get chewed up by it, too. <laughs> the mob I, can turn on you pretty I, quick. I, I think they lost control of it, and now they just have to let this rabid dog go. And I think they're just like, well, whatever. Let's whip them up more and see what we can get out of it and uh, hope for the best. Well, revolutions rarely serve the instigator. They're usually one of the first people that are turned on when they gain power. Yeah. So, I mean, there are exceptions, but I mean, it's very common. Look at the French Revolution. A lot of the people who started that ended up being guillotined in public. Oh, yeah. They should bring back the guillotine. It sounds cool. It does. It does. Guillotine Maxwell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the last bit of news that I heard about, which was really scary. I'm not sure what the fuck is up with Australia. They have uh, quarantined uh, several buildings. Like whole apartment complexes, people are forbidden from leaving. Really? Imagine, yeah, like three different three different apartment complexes throughout Melbourne. People go found out on social media and then went out to check, and their buildings are surrounded by police, and they can't fucking leave. You think it's terrorist related? 
No, it's COVID related. Oh. They had some breakouts in, in, in these, uh, I think they're low income, uh, housing complexes. Oh. And now they're just like, nope, you can't leave. You're here for five days, mandatory testing. Da, 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 da. Well, I can tell you this. One of the things I have against uh, low income housing, it, rather than if we're going to do something for them, then I guess we should subsidize, is my opinion, because you get a lot of poor people into one neighborhood, then people don't like going into those neighborhoods, including police, firemen politicians they they treat them like they're lower people yeah including lefties they it's just human nature they think of them as dirty or stupid or repugnant they just don't want to be around them or dangerous so then when you have an outbreak in a community like that i can see it as i don't know the, the details but i can see it as much more uh, like the government would feel they have the confidence to shut it down and force everyone to get testing whether they liked it or not yeah as opposed to say a neighborhood where there's five million dollar houses up on hills you know outside of the city that area is not going to get shut down and forced vaccinated. No. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there, there's that. That's scary, though. That's scary. It's got to be scary for those people. Now, my, my, my guess would be that it has something to do with being Adam Kochi's fault or uh, Robert Darby, maybe Simon Wright. Yeah, those fuckers. They're all in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, then, and then, uh, oh, that bitch. That I know, yeah, that's a sexist term. How that, dare you, sir? That bitch who's in charge of Black Lives Matter in Toronto. Did you see? Oh that yeah, movie? saying whites are subhuman. Fuck you. Oh, and for and just in case anyone else missed it, the Black Lives uh, founders in the U.S. have said on the record that they are quote trained Marxists. So if you said that that was a conspiracy theorist, get bent. <laughs> uh, trained Marxists. That's kind of like being. Trained village idiots. That means that someone has prepared them and yeah. from, in, the, in the, the school of ideology of Marxism. Oh, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. They've I, been mentored. Yeah. So. Look, they're not really village idiots. Although, I think if they brought back stocks and, like, fruit, like, you throw fruit and rotten tomatoes at people who are this stupid, <laughs> it, it was all go away. It'd be fine. But, yeah, she called she called whites uh, subhuman. Yep. Genetic defects. Yeah. Like, like, could you imagine? Did they call? She call for us to be removed, like, removed from society, like, yeah, completely, yeah, yeah. Like, like, imagine for a second, and and I want to be certain that that I don't string this sentence together so they can never be clipped in any meaningful way, so that it sounds like I said this. But imagine if I came out and I said that black people were one step up from gorillas. They're just gorillas. They're trained gorillas. They get to walk around. Right. Like, you some know. people have, yeah. some racist people have said things like that. Yeah, that's horrible. That is horrible. Especially if you then follow it up with they should be removed from society by force. Yeah, we should send them all back to the fucking mountains in the Congo so they can go eat bamboo, like whatever, yeah. or whatever the fuck is there. That the that's gorillas a calling eat. for not just a bad attitude, but that's a calling for action. Yeah. You know, removed from society. Suck my dick. Yeah, it's not that I'm telling people, like, this is like Terry Crews, right? I'm, I'm not saying... That the notion that there should be police reform in the sense of making it so that, you know, violent instances occur less often, more appropriately, that there's different ways of dealing with things. That's that's fine that you want to do that. What I am saying is take a real and honest look at the different factions involved in their leadership. Yeah. Because that's going to determine where your energy is used. All right, so we're getting to the hour and a half mark. So I'm going to wrap. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to kind of wrap. <laughs> Don't culturally appropriate. Um, <laughs> You're right. We should just do it like Eminem does. Yeah. Uh, My spaghetti. Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. No. So there was um, a woman on uh, Global News. She gave an interview, and it was about this wee charity scandal. Yeah. 
And this was no word of a lie, her fucking argument. Yes, this seems a bit fishy. But in the grand scheme of things, when you compare Trudeau to other leaders around the world, particularly the President of the United States of the South, who says something as egregious or more every hour, you know, Trudeau's not that bad. Like this is this is the bar we're setting for the Prime Minister of Canada. Right. We have to we have to compare him to Trump. Yeah. And then and then and then say, you know what? Yeah, he probably broke ethics law, he did some crazy shit, probably <laughs> broke probably <laughs> broke some rules. You know, patted the pockets of his family and his political insider friends. He's probably working with China. Uh, you know, but you know what? Compared to Trump, <laughs> not that bad. Fuck off. You've got almost a Robert De Niro uh, look on your face. That's how bad it is. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, folks, uh, this is our third. Uh, this is the third, third return episode. Yeah, yeah third, so. third return. I, I think. I think we can basically say with certainty that, that we're going to be doing this with yeah. uh, a little bit more regularity. I was thinking about uh, running some idea for guests past you at some point, so we can have like talks with other people. I'll have to figure out what new setup I want to use. For okay, the well, you well. need to warn the guests that I will give them the lemon treatment. Uh, so when they come on, I will talk over them. Uh, even though I stutter half the time, the lemon, uh, the lemon. Um, I will disrespect them at every turn. I will even mute their microphone so that I can be heard over them because you know that's the way. That's the way it's gotta be. That's the way it's gotta be. That's the way it be. Well, folks, uh, stay safe out there. Uh, you know, don't tip over any monuments, and we'll see you next time. And remember, if the end of the world comes, make sure you've got a good car or a motorbike. And you're in Australia. Oh, yeah. You can check me out on Twitter uh, at Smashlock13, or you can check me out on Parlor now because we're on Parlor. Yeah. Um, Smashlock. Yeah, just at Smashlock. Yep. Uh, we've got oh, we've got a Facebook page. Our website is apostasynow.net. Yeah. Not .com because there's something completely different. And you can find me Mr. Dra- at Mr. Dragonbeard on Twitter, Parlor. Uh, I think that's all I use. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't need anything it does. And uh, say, hey, it does on there. And if we're making fun of someone, join in. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes the boom. I'm Lucky Day. I'm the Niederlander. I'm Dusty Bottoms. And together we're the Free Amigos. Sucking pigs, you sons of a motherless goat!